Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Bradford. All right, everybody, baseball is not boring. Yes, not boring. You know how I know? My voice is hoarse from screaming it from the mountaintops. I'm here at spring training hearing sounds like this and like this. Oh, my goodness. Is there anything better? Well, listen, a year ago, remember that. A year ago, everyone was saying that baseball was on its deathbed. You had the heart of the lockout. Everybody was saying, well, who cares? Apathy. You know, it's like it doesn't matter. Baseball's already dead. They've already dug their own grave. So forth and so on. There's no coming back from this. There's no chance. And, of course, all of that was ridiculous. The smart people knew that at the time because you were going to get it back. And when it came back, it was going to be this crazy free agency, which it was. And then you're going to have baseball with a, a sense of, I don't want to say desperation, but a sense of urgency to get back in the hearts and minds of the casual fan, which, by the way, they own the casual fan when it comes to the other sports. That is a fact. Look it up. But a year ago, you had that narrative. You had that feeling. And now we're a year later. So I thought it was good as spring training starts to take its stock of things and see how far baseball has come, where it's at. And there's no better person to do that than the guy who is at the top of the mountaintop when it comes to reporters, baseball reporters. That's Ken Rosenthal. So I sat down with Ken and we talked about the state of baseball looking back at a year ago and also looking back at how far baseball come, breaking down a microcosm of what I think that was a good step in the right direction for baseball. And that was just his interviews in the dugout in the playoffs after key, key moments. I mean, seconds after they were taking steps in the right direction in terms of saying, Hey, you know what? This is entertaining. This is entertainment. The players understood it. Baseball understood it. The network understood it. That was just one small example, but I loved it. Ken broke it down and, and uh, I think that you'll enjoy it too. All right. Subscribe, listen, Rate, leave a nice review, all of that. We are down in spring training. We're going to be here the whole time heading into the regular season. Please uh, hit me up on social media if you have any requests, if you have any ideas for the podcast. But we're going to keep them coming every single day during the week, five days a week at least. Uh, good WBC talk coming up from our good friend Sean Spradling. A lot of good stuff. But today, today, it's a good time to reflect. And there's no better person to reflect with than Ken Rosenthal. All right, one year later, Ken Rosenthal, the athletic. Um, you were in the belly of the beast when it came to the lockout. Doesn't see? Do we? Did we forget about the lockout? Like immediately, almost. Do you feel like, or do you, is there anything that still lingers? Oh, it still lingers. <laughs> it's left scars, Rob. <laughs> to some degree, yes, we've moved on, but. Evan Drellick has a really interesting story in the Athletic today, and I'm not trying to just promote us, but baseball just formed this economic reform committee. And it's to discuss, have the owners, some of them on the committee, discuss the differences, the problems between large market and small. Basically, they're upset with Cohen. And we're one year into the agreement. Cohen is doing nothing illegal under the agreement. In fact, he is following the rules perfectly. They created the tax for him. And he said, okay, I'll blow by that too. But the issues that 
permeate the sport are not going away. They never are going away. The sport is a very unique economic system, and there are just problems with it. Arbitration's another one. Yeah. The owners just crush the players in arbitration, pretty much. 13 to 6 in the hearings. That's unusual. That's a wider spread than usual. And people say, well, why didn't the players accept the owners' offer to do away with arbitration, do this formula-based plan for those three- to six-year players? Players say, well, because it was attached to other things, we didn't like, okay, whatever. But that's a problem. The big market, small market is a problem. So these things never kind of go away. They linger, and the money spent this offseason shows us the sport is quite healthy. But not to say the sport doesn't have all these different issues. Well, it's interesting. As you're talking, I'm thinking the last time they had the CBA stuff, right? And there was, I remember being in here in the clubhouse, and J.D. Martinez was like, you know, 80% of the teams aren't trying. We prioritize the wrong things because now the free agents were getting the, the priority in this is a very simplistic way of looking at it back then was bus ride schedule off days this and everything. This is the 2017 event. Yes, yes, yeah. And so that's why everyone thought when you're going through the lockout, everyone was dug in. But to your point, you're never, you're never going to solve this. I mean, you're never going to solve this. So I just want to ask you, so going back a year ago, when, when it was, when it was, we didn't know it was toward the end. It was actually like, a lot of people were down about it. Like baseball never come back and everything. We had all and, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It never happened, right? I mean, this is, it's, 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 it always comes back. It always comes back. And so, but looking back at that time to where it is now, what is the thing that, if you, I mean, it's hard even to look back at that time, but what was the thing that you were like, well, why were we chasing this? Like, why, why was this such a big issue? And when, like, to your point, there were probably a lot bigger issues that we weren't chasing. Well, I felt all along that the lockout was unnecessary and that the deal they ultimately agreed to is a deal that they could have had November 15th. Mm-hmm. If the two sides didn't despise each other and have this incredible history of loathing each other the way they do... As far as the agreement itself, it actually was a step forward for players. Mm-hmm. The thresholds got raised. That was good. They did some things for the younger players. Those were good. But the players ultimately didn't get nearly what they initially mm-hmm. wanted, which is understandable. They wanted quicker arbitration, quicker free agency. That wasn't going to happen. The owners want a salary cap. That's never going to happen. So... It was fine. The deal ultimately was fine, but it was a waste of three and a half months or whatever it was because if they had any kind of decency in their relationship, this could have been solved a lot easier. Your name has come up a lot on a lot of these podcasts for the reason of the interviews that you did and Fox did during because it was sort of a microcosm of the acceptance of players' understanding and baseball understanding too. Like, listen, we we have to... We can't be so hidden. We can't worry about our brands. We can't. And we talked about your interviews, for instance, I keep, right after key moments in the World Series and dugouts. And our good friend Joe Kelly said this. He said, hey, listen, um, it's not only doing the interviews, but no one in the background is giving the side eye about, about doing it. Using that. Joe might have been if he was there. Uh, well, he, he probably would have gone up and like tried to take over the background of I don't know, but but I think that um, it was that that is just one example of I think 
off of the lockout, maybe la- I look at last year as a whole, and I'm not getting into like all the stuff that we just talked about, but just the acceptance of we have to be a more personality-driven game. And you're in the middle of it. Did you get that sense at all? It's funny, Rob. I didn't think about it like that. Now, I know for many years Fox has wanted that kind of access, mm-hmm. and it just hasn't happened. I don't know if it was related to the lockout that it happened in this particular case. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it was. And certainly it's good to highlight the players. Now, just to clear up one thing before we go any further, fans had a, some fans had a misconception about this whole thing. This was not me barging into the dugout without the players knowing about it. Uh, who, who would ever have said that? Did no, people well, say plenty that? Of people said oh, really? That. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, get him out of the dugout. <laughs> Baseball approved it. The players approved it. In fact, certain players said, no, well, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. We honored that, of course. There was one player, it was JT Real Muto, who initially didn't want to do it, and then saw what was going on and said, I can do that. That's mm-hmm. fine. Because it was really only two questions at right. first when I would go in there. So it was different, and it is a little weird during a game, seeing that, but, understanding but Ken, that, but it brought life oh my to goodness. these guys. Ken, I'm like, I'm thinking... And you, you tell me, could you ever ever imagine ten years ago? No, forget forget about like in game, like oh yeah, okay, hockey does in game, whatever. But this is after these historic moments. It, 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 when you're doing it, I know you're in the moment and everything. But when you can you ever look back and say, I can't believe that I got a chance to ask a guy seconds after he did this what he was feeling. No, I can't believe it. And you're right, Rob. The way you framed it there was right that. 10 years ago, I could never have imagined oh. So, it was really cool, and I thought that it served its purpose. It showed the guys in the moment the intensity, mm-hmm. and, uh, just the fire in their eyes. And Harper, we did Harper after he hit the home run off Suarez, really beside the NLCS. It's like the eighth inning. And he was into it. And I remember the most vivid one to me beside that one, which was, of course, the biggest mm-hmm. moment. Brandon Marsh hit a home run. I think it was the day they had five homers off the Padres. Something ridiculous. Yeah. Brandon Marsh was like, he could barely talk. He was so excited. He was so fired up. It was great, in my view, for people to see that. To see these guys in their element like that. We don't often see that. Those post-game interviews I do, the guys, they've settled down by that. For the most part. Searching for a parenting podcast you'll actually want to listen to? One that covers everything from how to deal with picky eating, how to grieve a pregnancy loss, and how to not hate your partner after having kids? Well, your new favorite podcast, After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings, is here. Hosted by two BFFs, this is a no-shame parenting podcast. Listen to and follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. So, yeah, maybe that did come out of the lockout, Rob. It's a good point. I'm not sure. Well, I, I just feel like there was, as we said, like there was this false narrative of baseball's dead. Oh, if this goes another week. And sure enough, they come out of Jupiter and there wasn't like there wasn't movement and then it gets settled not too long after but we always said also it's going to be crazy off season it's going to be a three week off season that's going to help it and then I'll come back to the personality part of it we've talked about this with a bunch of people about how baseball players are more worried about their brand and you tell me if you, you agree with this is that I think that because they're around each other so much a lot of times that it was this 
I don't want to show my personality because I don't want to be ridiculed because I have to go in and sit next to the guy and they'll be like, oh, look at what did you do? I feel like we took a little bit step forward of, of, of players understanding across the board. It's okay. It's okay. It is different now. There's no question. I started in 87. Mm-hmm. Players were tough then. It was a different time and that culture that you described that don't be an individual was really prominent in the sport and it's changed society's changed with that sure yeah years so in my view it's a lot healthier these guys now they're pretty polished even by the time they get to the big leagues yeah the, the better ones and they know what we do they get it they get how it builds their brand and some of them are not comfortable with it and others are but much more are comfortable now than they were so yeah times have changed in that regard for the better for sure. Do you think? Do you think it's un, do, the, the part of that is because they know how important it is? Yes, some of them understand the personality part of it and how that plays. A guy like Trout doesn't really care about that. And remember, Manfred a couple of years ago said he doesn't do enough or whatever. Okay, but that's him. Mm-hmm. Other guys are much more open to it, and hey, they have their own. Podcasts, some of them, they have their own uh, well, that's another Instagram thing. identities. Right. That's so another it's thing. a much different world. Yeah, and, and this is acceptance of, hey, you know, um, oh, am I drawing a blank? The Cubs has their own podcast. Um, so, Ian Happ. Ian Happ. Yeah. Ian Okay, you know, it's, and this goes back to, I remember, this is way back, but Kurt Schilling had the his blog. It was like, oh my goodness, you know, he's getting his message out on his own. Now everybody does that, but there still was this reluctance to show that. And I think that there is still that fine line, though, Ken. I think that, yes, there is. yeah, there's a fine line. It's not only because some guys, oh, I'll show you on Instagram on my terms, right? Right. Like and that's what those interviews in the in the playoffs are so great about. They were they were on on reality's terms, right? You know that's what we want. And also, the instructions that I received for those, and really what we wanted to, it was not all that intrusive in yeah. terms of what I was asking. What I ended up essentially asking is, look at it. So a guy can handle that in the middle of the game. But, I wasn't going to say to Bryce, hey, man, like, fourth year of your $330 billion contract. <laughs> it wasn't going to be like that. So it was pretty narrowly defined, which was good. And I was fortunate to, I had the Phillies all the way through. Yeah. And that team, they loved it. Not every team loved it. The Padres, uh, not as much. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know that the Dodgers did when they were involved. It would have been real interesting if the Yankees advanced to see how they would have handled that. But the Phillies, they they embraced it. And I, I actually have to give Harper a lot of credit because they looked at him. Right. And he was fine with it. So if he's fine with it, we're fine with it. That's a huge part of it, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. huge part of it. Yeah. And that status matters to the players. Yeah. Uh, if, if Bryce Harper's like down on it, guess what? <laughs> it's not happening. So to go back to the original question or thought or conversation, I, we're here a year later, and through all like the the, the minutia of of the finances and the money, we know that free agency was like shocking off free agency, right? Which is like for fans, it's like, cool. It's cool, right? Yeah. It's like, why can't everyone be like Steve Cohen, right? Or Peter Seidler, or Peter Seidler, right? This is we we like this. Um, as we head here into the 
the meat and potatoes of spring training, do you feel like baseball is in a better place and let's say two years ago all these things that we're talking about because this is it's not only about a financial thing it's not about a personality thing it's about an eyeball thing you and i you know we 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 want people to like love the game that we love right so do you feel like that that we're on the right track there yes and i think the rules changes are going to help the pitch clock in particular that needed to happen probably needed to happen 10 years ago but quicker pace in this sport we all love it for what it is but a quicker pace wouldn't kill anybody yeah and that i expect will help the increased emphasis on athleticism with the possibility for more stolen bases the shift restrictions all that's good the streaming thing seems to be coming to a head and if baseball can get rid of the blackouts and find a way to get into the 21st century there will be helpful 22nd or whatever century we're in but at some point, that has to happen. And I do see these as positive steps. Now, there are always going to be negatives. Yeah. But the sport is what is the thing? undeniably in a good place. Okay, so what are the things that you think, like, this is what they're missing? Like, okay. The blackouts. Blackouts. Streaming. That, that's, that's it. That's one. The rules change. I'm anxious, anxious to see how yeah. it plays out. I actually like the schedule being through division games to it. That's going to be a healthy change, in my opinion. I don't want to see more playoffs. I think we're at a good point yeah, yeah, there. Enough. Uh, expansion is probably going to happen. We'll have expanded playoffs again then, maybe. But I don't know that much more needs to be done. I always would like to see more attention and publicity for the stars. Mm. They've gone a long way toward making that happen. The sport has. It's never been a. But great to your point, but to your point, they are who they are. Like yes. that's that's the thing that I think that people have to get their head around. Yes. You know, it's it's it. Trout is the obvious example. We uh, Trevor Story is uh, for the Boston Red Sox. He's a really good player, but he's you know he's a low key guy. Yeah. It is it's and so yeah. So that we can't force feed it. In other words, no, and it should never be force fed. In fact, if anything, Trout should be appreciated. Trevor too for being who they are. Yeah, it's like Trout, pretty simple guy. Yeah, goes out has great year every year. He stays healthy, and that's all he wants to do. Right. That's fine. Yeah. And then you've got a guy like Correa, who obviously has a different personality. That's fine, too. That's the beauty of it. We have all of these different cultures represented, all these different personalities represented. That, to me, has always been the beauty of the game. As we sit here, where were you a year ago? Were you chasing around some yeah, labor was, lawyers? Yes, I was. Oh, well, that sounds awful. It was awful, and I remember right at the end... When did the lock-in end? Like mid-March, right? Uh, yeah, like March 10th-ish. Okay, so I didn't go to Jupiter for those. Oh, videos. good God bless good you. Move, yeah. Oh, awesome. But then we were in New York, and we were in New York at the very end. Evan Drellick, Andy McCullough, and I were sitting there talking. This is the last day. Now, this is the day that they had to reach an agreement or games were going to be lost. And I felt then and now that if games were lost, you would have pissed off fans. In a big way. That was the, yeah, that and was. That, you know, would they have come back? Yes, but that was the dividing line. And Evan, this is a funny story about Evan. Oh, good. I like stories yeah, so about Evan. Evan, who just covered labor up and down, he loves it. Yeah. He's sitting there telling Andy and me, it's done nothing today. Go another month. You just keep going. And we're like, Evan, you don't get it. 
We cover baseball. You cover this crap. <laughs> we cover baseball. This has to end today for baseball. And it did. Not without some last minute craziness. But, yeah, I was just chasing this ridiculous labor <laughs> stuff. It was, I mean, uh, to your point. I don't know that Evan wanted it there. No, I, no, he never. That's, uh, listen, we all. That was his, as you put it. Like that was his. That was his game. That was his beat, and, and there was a lot of eyeballs on it. Like it wasn't. It wasn't about you know, jumping uh, the the enthusiasm of the on field for Evan. So we get that. Um, but it is. I do think, and I'm looking forward to seeing the WBC. I'm not. I all these years at WBC, I've always been like. Going to get a side eye. It's giving the side eye because I can go through the pitcher injuries. I can go through. Go to a game. Right. So. Be, go to a game, change the whole. Right, exactly. So once it started, once it starts, you always get like, this is the best thing. I feel like we're talking about perception. This time around, there is more acceptance of it leading in than ever. And I know some players are dropping out, but I'm just even talking about the fan perspective we have a guy sean spradling who does a great job yes i mean just dominating like this and i told him i said you found this niche of this 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 thing that people really really love and now we're going to get there and i do feel like the importance of it this time around is to do what we're talking about is a springboard right i agree and the clubs that freak out about the possibility of players getting hurt i get it but there is a greater good here yeah and that's the greater good and it is really cool that so many of the star players are involved, and it is so much fun. I've loved covering it, and this year it's actually on Fox, so I'll be really involved. Nice, with it. yeah. And I don't know if we'll be doing the dugout stuff. We'll see. Well, you don't need to. I mean, that, that's a thing. Is actually, it should be even better. Than that. It, oh, we'll it, see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I haven't heard yet. Yeah. Um, it, it's just an amazing thing. Like the Japanese team with Darvish, Otani, and Roku, uh, and Suzuki, and all the guys they have and then the Dominican team which is ridiculous oh it's crazy the US team is great and even I was going through Mexico and Colombia because they're in the US bracket and I was looking at this just to see who was on big leaders all over the place so it's going to be really special and the guys get into it they do oh and people don't understand like we forget because it comes and it goes and Adam Jones actually had a good point he's like teams understand how to prepare for it better more than before because it was sort of thrown together the last yeah in Team USA another thing he said Team USA doing so well that was another and Mike Trout being a captain you know that's another thing yeah and if you go back to the last one that catch Adam Jones made he he said he told me I guess maybe the second best catch in Major League history I don't know but it's good (laughs) well in his mind in his mind I've never made a catch like that number one Willie over his shoulder Uh, yeah I think he went with that (laughs) one but yeah so uh, I do want to also thank well thank you for everything thank you for your coverage and uh, and I also want to thank you for the nice uh, retweet of the DB Sweeney Hall of Fame ballot reveal. Hey, Rob. (laughs) That was... And that was as good as it gets. And when I saw it initially, I, I couldn't believe how cool it was. And the best part is we're all agonizing over our Hall of Fame ballots. We have to write it. You had the most fun one, and nobody could say, oh. I, I, Well, I just had to get to eight. <laughs> plus, plus his reactions. Cheater. Oh, <laughs> so oh yeah, cheater drugs. Yeah. And he wrote drugs. the whole thing. He wrote the whole thing. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that yeah. Was, anyway, I just wanted to thank No, no, it was my pleasure. Funniest baseball 